Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. Good morning. It is Tuesday, January 24th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. And Republicans on the House Oversight Committee, they're turning attention to the Secret Service. This time, they're asking for more information on the visitors that have come and gone to Biden's Wilmington home, where, of course, classified documents were recently found. And James Comer, he sent a letter to the director of the Secret Service. Her name is Kimberly Cheadle. And he requested that the visitor information be released. And because the Secret Service did come out and say, actually, we do keep track of who's coming and going, although the White House doesn't have that record. So Comer is asking for who was there at Biden's house. He said that Biden made approximately 52 trips, totaling 164 days to his Wilmington home since he took office as president. So clearly, we know the president travels with a lot of people. It's one of the reasons why he said he couldn't just pop down to the port border yes. because of logistics. So there have been a lot of people in and out of his Wilmington home and Republicans, especially on the House Oversight Committee, they want to know who. Okay, so this is what people need to realize because there's so much information right now in regards to these documents. The most recent set of documents involves Biden's time in the Senate. Mm -hmm. So the question is different on these documents than the others because it is unclear how he got to remove classified information Mm -hmm. as a senator. Your access to classified information and the way you handle classified information as a vice president is much different than when you're a senator. And this is a question that no one can answer. And to me right now is the most important question. How did Joe Biden, as a U.S. senator, how was he able to remove those documents to his residence? I mean, we heard, uh, who was it yesterday? Chris Coons, I think, that we got asked about that. He's a senator from Delaware now Mm -hmm. who said, look, I have to look at it in this room and it's under observation of these people. And we go in here and you got to make sure you don't take anything in or out with you. So how did Joe Biden get to do that? That's beyond being sloppy or careless, which is the vice presidential stuff. The Senate stuff, it's like there is something going on here that this guy had this classified information and was able to waltz not only out with it, but to his home with it. And so Ro Khanna, who is a a Democrat rep from California, super liberal, he got asked about this and said, can't explain it either. Well, look, I mean, those documents shouldn't have been there. When I look at classified information, being on the House Armed Services Committee, uh, I go to a skiff and I have to give over my phone and I'm not allowed to take any documents outside of the skiff. So uh, I really don't understand uh, how those documents got into a personal residence. And we do need answers on that. Don't you find it interesting now that even the Democrats are speaking out? They're not towing the Biden line. There's, they're saying things like, I don't know how this got out. 
I'm concerned about this. There's the senator from Montana who said, we have to get to the bottom of this and find out what the hell happened, why it happened. So is somebody sabotaging Biden intentionally? Who is leaking this information? Well, and that is and, and that is why when you come back to the Senate conversation mm-hmm. is a different conversation than the other stuff, because the other stuff you could write off as I was sloppy or I was unaware or whatever. The Senate stuff, it's intentional. Sure, absolutely, because yeah. he should have. And if not, why were you not viewing that in these secure locations like we have now seen Democrat members of both the House and Senate tell national media this is how we view these things mm-hmm. uh I, can i just can we just play this clip real quick from the view i'm very hesitant to ever play anything from the view but i love this so sunny uh Hostin, she's one of the hosts on the view mm-hmm. so this in this clip and she was a former prosecutor she does her best to defend biden and take a dig at trump because that's what the people on the view do all the time you defend the cause of liberalism above everything else but even she admits, man, there is no rhyme or reason to how these classified document cases are handled. And she even wonders out loud how the documents get out in the first place. I, what I am struggling with is not necessarily the levels of classification. I'm not necessarily struggling with the fact that I do think he's been a little bit unapologetic, a little bit perhaps cavalier in his response because he realizes that Trump was flushing stuff down the toilet and we're talking about 300 versus maybe 15 and intent is really important. So I don't think you can compare at all the criminal liability between the two. But I do have a problem with the process. Why is it that the process is either not ironclad or they don't know it or they don't understand it? We've both worked for the government. I could never take something out of a grand jury secret area and take it home without either getting fired or getting someone killed. And I know you've had the same experience. And so, and I was a low level US attorney. I like to think I was somebody, (laughs) but I was just what they call a line assistant and super Supervisor. So my question is, Biden, um, Trump, uh, uh, everybody now, Vice President yep. Harris becomes a, a suspect. Well, the what point, do you the have at that, your house? That's- hmm. She's talking about intent, and that's possibly why they're looking into all of the handwritten notes as well. Not only did they collect documents, but they collected memorabilia and handwritten notes and doodles and everything else that he had there because the handwritten notes could give a clue as to the intent of why they found these documents where they shouldn't have been yeah it it, it's going to be fascinating to see where this road winds to because now that the democrats don't have a vested interest in protecting him Mm -hmm. because he's given them what they needed, which was the White House through incredibly creative jelly bean counting. Um, And then now, I guess, hanging on to the U.S. Senate, they do not want to run with Joe Biden. They do not want Joe Biden to be the top of the ticket. They do recognize, rightfully so, the Republicans are likely moving on from Donald Trump. And so they they have recognized, hey, we got to do something else. So you don't have a vested interest in defending this guy. And so I don't think this will go away. Now, again, we talked about this yesterday. I do not think it's going to result in Joe Biden resigning the presidency. I don't think he's going to walk away like Nixon did from the office. I do think, though, that there is a possibility you could see this guy say, 
hey, look, I'm old and uh, whatever. I just don't want to I choose run. not to run. Exactly. Like a la, uh, uh, Lyndon Johnson in 1968. If you know the inevitable and they lay the inevitable mm-hmm. out to you, or in this case, they lay the inevitable out to Jill and she somehow communicates that to him, right. then you may see that. Okay, Casey. Yeah. When we come back, there are two pieces of audio I want to play for you because Bill Maher, mm-hmm. he was talking about George Santos, mm-hmm. but he was completely right about something we talk about on this show every single day with government and politics. Yeah. Can we play those? You're talking about tribalism? Yes. Yeah. And okay. why, why we have such crappy people representing us in office. <laughs> All right. It's coming up from 93 WIBC. I got into town a little early. Good morning. It is 60 minutes after 11. Just wait. First I thought about heading you know what Kevin's doing here? What is Kevin doing here? So with Hammer, we played Taxi. It's Harry Chapin Day on the show. Mm-hmm. And the crazy thing about Harry Chapin, Taxi was probably other than Cats, Cats in the Cradle, his big hit. Right before he died, he wrote a sequel to the song Taxi. Yeah. And this is it, where the two characters meet again. it was the front seat. Driving stoned and feeling no pain. Now here I am straight. Yeah. And sitting in the back. Hitting 16 parks. Okay. So the, the roles reverse. Like in the beginning, he's the he's the poor taxi driver and she's the rich passenger. Well, yeah. And then 10 years later, the roles reverse. He's a big rock and roll star, which he became in real life. Mm-hmm. And she's like living in an apartment by herself and they meet up again. And it's just, it's magic. Casey. How does it end, Rob? You, you want me to ruin it for you? Yeah. Really? <laughs> yes. How does it end? Because <laughs> you want this date in, isn't no, that it? No spoilers. Yeah, uh, oh, come on. Because you want me to go listen to the, the whole song. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, here is how it ends, Casey. And I will quote the they end of the- fall in love and ride uh, off into the sunset. That is not how any Harry Chapin songs <laughs> okay. work, my friend. Okay. Uh, the end of the song, here's what he says, and you can decipher this however you want. Uh-huh. I guess that's the sequel to our story- of the journey between heaven and hell, half the time thinking of what might have been, half the time thinking just as well. Okay. He's at peace with whatever happened. Yeah. We just did, made radio history. In the history of talk radio ever, no one has ever used the sequel by Harry Chapin as bumper music. And we did that because we love our audience, Casey. We love our audience. Uh, Harry Chapin Day is almost over. (laughs) (laughs) It's 18 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC and some trending stories right now. Uh, The Oreos. Oreos have announced a new limited edition flavor. It's called the Most Oreo... Oreo. Uh-huh. And what this is, it's similar to cookies and cream, only it has more stuff in the middle, and the cream this time has ground up pieces of Oreo cookie in it. Also <laughs> trending. It's the most Oreo. 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 It is the most Oreo ever. Oreo. <laughs> also trending, M&M's. They have given their mascots an indefinite leave of absence and replace them with Maya Rudolph as the new spokesperson so you won't see the little M&M mascots in their commercials. Oh, that's a shame. For a while. Have you ever bought anything ever in the history of ever because of a mascot? Mm, probably not. Ever said, wow, like Mr. does Mr. Mayhem make you want to get whatever that 
insurance company is? I don't know the 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 Mister the Mister the Mister Clean Cleaning Products. Maybe. Really? Like yeah. you would you you have bought. Mr. Clean Cleaning Brawny products? Brawny paper towels. Really? Because it, that guy's strong. Yeah, I was going to say you found him attractive yeah. probably, oh, yeah. right? Right. I, I did buy Kool-Aid when I saw the Kool-Aid man hey, busted hey, the hey. wall. Yeah. No, I would think yeah. mascots may work better with children-based mm-hmm. products, mm-hmm. right? Like Kool-Aid. Uh, Captain Crunch. Captain Crunch. Mm-hmm. Count Chocula. Right. Didn't he get canceled? Wasn't he supposed to be racist or something? They probably. took him off. I would think that children-based mm-hmm. products, the mascot might have. Well, isn't that... The reason why, like, Camel cigarettes got in so much trouble because of the Camel Joe, the Joe Camel character, what, was he, targeting children. He was targeting, really? Yeah. Was, I mean, as a child, I never looked at this camel smoking a cigarette and mm-hmm. said, boy, I hope that's me someday. Right. Can I pull over to the 7-Eleven and get a pack of smokes? <laughs> You never craved a, a little camel cig? That's such bull crap. No, that, like what seven people in the history of the world might have said, I have an urge to smoke because I saw a camel in a newspaper ad. Possibly. <laughs> Finally trending Lisa Marie Presley. Uh, she was buried this past week and she said that she wanted her funeral about celebrating her life rather than mourning her death. And uh, Fergie was there. The giving, singer? No, the Duchess of oh. York was there giving a eulogy. I had no idea they were close friends, but Axl Rose was also there, and a lot of musicians were there. So apparently her last wish came true, that it was a celebration Great. of life. Good for her. And lastly, trending is our forecast. We're supposed to start getting snow this afternoon. And what are they saying now? Two to eight inches? That's snow? kind of a wide variety there, mm-hmm. Casey. Uh, so what are you thinking? You're going to be here tomorrow? Well, Tony Katz was on the air this morning telling people not to plan on working tomorrow <laughs> in central Indiana because we're getting so much snow. Right, because the guy who works from home is such a great judge <laughs> on whether you should work or not. That's not the guy to listen you know, that to is my for fa- your weather. That is my favorite thing to do is when he gets on there and talks to people about the need to go back to work. Like mm-hmm. I just, I just, <laughs> let's carry on. Okay. Let's talk about what's going on with the Santos guy. <laughs> George Santos. Yeah. So House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said last week that he always had a few questions about the veracity of Santos's resume. Uh, still, he went to a fundraiser for him. And about five weeks before the election, uh, this happened. And he also isn't really calling for his resignation. So he's kind of supporting him. Well, he needs not overtly, the, but he needs a seat. Yeah, and Santos, exactly. Santos was, just like our friend uh, Jim Banks, was a very reliable Kevin McCarthy voter. Jim Banks and George Santos are team Kevin McCarthy through and through. And so Bill Maher, because obviously the Santos guy lied about a gajillion things. And if you have not seen this, John Lovitz played George Santos on The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon. Mm-hmm. It is, like everything else John Lovitz does, hilarious. And now Santos and Lovitz are feuding on Twitter. Oh. It's great. You'll love it. I'm not following either one of them. Uh, Maybe I should. Uh, the, yeah. The John Lovitz, George Santos, find it. They're going back and forth on Twitter. It's absolutely hilarious. Um, okay. But Bill Maher was talking about George Santos, and he is completely right on this uh, because in the sense of it's a lot more than just George Santos. This is almost everything as it relates to politics and government. And we talk about this all the time on this show. Uh, the candidate or the office holder, what they do doesn't matter. 
the only thing that matters is are they on our team this is how in pennsylvania high good night guy gets mm-hmm. elected who casted his first vote by the way did he just recently did he do it right <laughs> did he know did he know where he was going right. did he know uh, what he was voting on and then in, in so it's easy for people in indiana to go well all those morons in pennsylvania how could they do that mm-hmm. But then we need to hold the mirror up to ourselves. Well, I don't have to, and you don't have to, and Kevin doesn't have to. But many, many people need to hold up the mirror and go, okay, now do Diego Morales. Now do Todd Young. Mm-hmm. The the letter matters more than anything, and people will defend anything based on the letter. Take a listen. Everybody keeps asking, how could a guy like this get elected? I'll tell you how, because no one cares anymore about substance. It's all tribalism. The only thing that matters is, is he on our team? Is he doing our shtick? Santos is just the first one to realize you could do both sides shtick and get away with it because people have completely tuned out anything that doesn't already fit their narrative. Republicans love a winner. And Democrats love someone whose life story makes you want to kill yourself. And and he goes on on this, Mm -hmm. and he's absolutely right. This is the thing we've been talking about. Until, if you are a judger, until you are willing to hold the mirror up and say, how did I vote the last time? In this state, there's a good chance based on the election result, you don't have any room to talk. The people who want George Santos to resign have said nothing about how Elizabeth Warren literally lied her way to the U.S. Senate and was a primetime possibility to become her party's nominee for president. You don't hear anything about Elizabeth Warren. She's every bit the liar this guy is, Mm -hmm. but not a word about that. Why? Because we like Elizabeth Warren on the Democrat side. So the lies are okay. As long as you're on the right side. How do you legally vote Mm. in a county different from where you take a homestead credit? If you ask the Republican Party this about Diego Morales, you get... (laughs) But he's a... Well, we can't have a Democrat in there. What did you want, Destiny Wells? Mm -hmm. If you you look at Republicans... Okay, let's take the personal stuff out. Let's just talk about voting record. How do you support a guy who's added $12 trillion to the national debt and Todd Young? (laughs) Well, at least it's not Tom McDermott. We Mm -hmm. couldn't have that. Right, because if we don't vote for him, it's going to be a Democrat in there. We do not hold people accountable. And now... And I mentioned this because now I'm seeing it on Twitter because people get mad because I have had the audacity to point out how Jim Banks voted for Kevin McCarthy 15 times. Look, I'm not getting off that because Jim Banks, there's a good chance, is going to be a U.S. senator, depending on who runs against him. He's going to own that because Kevin McCarthy will screw this party. He will screw conservatives. He will screw this country time and time and time again. That's what those people do. John Boehner, Paul Ryan, Kevin McCarthy, same guy. And people get mad at me for pointing that out. And then the the excuse now is, well, what choice did he have? Mm -hmm. There was no viable alternative. Your vote is earned. And if you didn't like the libertarian running in the U.S. Senate race, or you didn't like the libertarian running in the Secretary of State's race, you didn't have to give your vote to someone else who didn't earn it. And Jim Banks gave his support to Kevin McCarthy. And the reality is, had someone like Jim Banks stepped up and said, I am not voting for this. Jim Banks had enough clout and gravitas that someone really good might have been willing to say, okay, now we've got a big coalition. It's not these 20, whatever they call them, MAGA radicals or whatever. Now we've got somebody really good who's putting some real weight behind this. Okay, let's go. He didn't do any of that. He didn't try. He didn't get concessions. But we people love Jim Banks. 
So they are excusing this, and they're, they're, as usual, the radio broadcaster is the bad guy, Casey. Well, if Jim Banks doesn't do what the establishment wants, he's not going to get the money. Absolutely. Bingo. Okay, uh, real quick, before we go to the break, mm-hmm. uh, this gives me an excuse. This is an, a, we played parts of this interview many times over the years. This is one of my favorite political interviews ever. It is with Jesse Ventura. It mm-hmm. is from probably seven or eight years ago now, because it was before tra- Trump ran for president. But he summed it up Perfectly, This was a guy named uh, Graham Benzinger was the guy who was interviewing him. And he talks about how the parties control the puppet strings on the candidates and they manipulate and protect. If you vote reliably, right? You just said it. Mm-hmm. Why did Jim Banks vote for Kevin McCarthy? He wants he, the money. He, exactly. He yeah. wants the protection. He wants the money. He saw what happened to somebody like Marlon Stutzman, who had mm-hmm. the audacity to go against Mitch McConnell. Todd Young became a U.S. senator because Mitch McConnell spent a bajillion dollars to take out Marlon Stutzman. So this is, Jesse Ventura is just perfectly right on this. How much do you fault the candidates for that, and how much do you fault just the the system? Today? I fault the Democrats and Republicans and the system they've created. You notice I don't even discuss the candidates. Didn't do that when I went for governor either. I run against the parties because the candidates are nothing but puppets to the party. The parties got the strings. Mm-hmm. They're the puppets. That's what you got. There's no strings over Jesse Ventura. No puppet master on me. So he's talking about puppets. So you've got finger puppets, hand puppets, glove puppets, shadow puppets, marionettes, stick puppets, ventriloquist puppets, and political puppets. There you go. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning. Hey, I know this one. (laughs) On Harry Chapin Day. It's Cats in the Cradle. You're welcome. Enjoy you, it while it lasts. You, you, you can pick tomorrow. Okay. No, there's no no, no, no themes tomorrow. Kevin made the call. You know what? He's done with the themes. I think he just likes to play random music, which is why he doesn't want to have theme day. Hey, can I uh, update our uh, audience on something? Sure. You know, the thing we laugh at the most is when the people say they'll never listen again. Yeah. You know, when they do the, I hate you, or... Never listening again. Whatever. I yeah. hate you. Remember that lunatic Dawn who sent me the just like. The really long. Yeah. Yeah. It was the best one ever. Yeah. Um, and then she just kept going. And I just said, how much can I ruin this woman's day by mm-hmm. making just clearly smart ass responses? <laughs> and basically the thing was that she was done with me and blah, blah, blah. Right. Look, when you say you're done with me, that is the highlight of my day because you're not done with me. Is she back? Well, she sent me a message because she's a Jim Banks person. Okay. So here was her message. I turned you on, but turned you right back off again. Different day, same message. Mm. No, you didn't. You listened yesterday, and you listened the day before that, and you listened every day. And Dawn, making you miserable is, well, one of the highlights of my day. If if your ears are that precious and sensitive that merely hearing the truth about how somebody voted just ruins your day, then it gives me all the more incentive to do it tomorrow. It is 1133. You're listening to Kendall and Casey. They never leave, Casey. W-Y-D-C. They never leave. They oh, never leave. I certainly hope not. They can't quit us. <laughs> I can't quit you. You complete me. Let's talk about what's going on in New York. So Kirsten Gillibrand is announcing her intention to run for another term in 24, but she may get a challenger. And some people are saying this is a credible challenger. Oh. And it's AOC. <laughs> AOC. <laughs> the acronym lady. Yeah. Why do we call her AOC? 
Well, I think. Can I just go off on oh, that okay, for just go, a yeah, second? Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to try to answer, but I, I mean, you know, the three-letter acronym, right? AOC. I get it. She's got a long name, but don't you reserve the three-letter acronym to people who've serial killers? Actually, BTK. I don't know. Maybe just a little bit more deserving. And I know the people that I'm about to mention are all from the Democrat side, but there's FDR, there's RGB, there's MLK, there's JFK. BTK. And now we're putting AOC in the group with these people? Why are we doing that? It's like we're branding her for well, her. Well, it's premature. But Casey, that's what Democrats do. Oh, they, 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 they I hadn't thought of it like that. That's what they do. They make Democrats, because Democrats have full belief in the government like in many cases and look we, we talked about this before the void of religion that is taking place in this country a void of belief in god and in jesus and all the amazing things that have happened in this world that are of no thanks to us it is thanks to a much higher power they are void in many in many cases now i'm not saying all democrats by any stretch but they are void in many cases certainly those on the left of that. And so the government becomes their religion, Casey. Mm. When you don't believe, and this is the this is the trap of not believing in something greater and bigger than yourself, despite all the evidence to the contrary that it exists. When you don't believe in something bigger or higher than yourself, you have to find something to make bigger or higher than yourself. And in the case of the leftists, because the government is the almighty answer, the people who are prominent or, you know, in the case of the other people you would name successful in government, you lionize those people because that is your religion and they are at the top of that religion. Don't you think it's a little premature, though, to give her the three, three-letter three acronym? But that's what they do again, Case. Look, look at who they, they propped up. Beto. Remember, remember when Beto, mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams. Mm-hmm. That's what they do. They move from person to person because that's what they're doing, Casey, is they're filling a void. Okay, well, that socialist is now, I guess, on top because... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She's already made more money than Senator Kirsten Gillibrand. She's got 5.4 million and the senator has 4.3. They've got what, I don't know, 60-ish days to raise some more money. And people are saying that uh, Gillibrand has a really low profile, a weak approval rating, and she is just ripe for the picking. Here's what you see in races like that, though, and this is what'll be interesting. Yes, AOC will raise a lot of money. There's Mm -hmm. no doubt about that. If she ran for U.S. Senate, she would raise a lot of money. But Beto raised a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams oh, raised a lot of money. Yes, she did. When you are dealing with something like a statewide office race, mm-hmm. you are running against, and especially in a place like New York, you are running against a machine. And the machine, Schumer, etc., would have a vested interest in taking AOC out because they recognize they're likely next. If AOC is successful, then some other lunatic maniac leftist is going to run next. So you're running against an entire apparatus and operation, and the apparatus and the operation does not want that person in, and they will pull out all the stops in order to make sure that person doesn't win and I think AOC would actually have a much harder time than people anticipate winning a winning that primary. Okay. Let's talk about Ben Savage. He is Fred Savage's younger brother? Yes. Yes, younger brother, uh best known for starring in the ABC sitcom Boy Meets World, but now he's making a run for Congress. So he did the thing that people do in politics, you lose one office, well, let's run for a bigger one. Right. 
So which, what was the office that he lost? It was like a city council thing or something. Wasn't it out there in California? Didn't he run for city council, uh, uh, Beverly Hills? West Hollywood yes. City Council. Yes. yes. And, he lo- and he lost, right? Mm-hmm. And so his response to that was, well, clearly the people didn't vote for me because they want me to be on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. So here I go. So the rumor is Adam Schiff right. may be running for Senate because Dianne Feinstein is likely to not seek re-election, and there have been a couple of Congress people in California who have already declared they're mm-hmm. running or it's anticipated they're going to run, and he is one of those people. And so uh, Ben Savage, I believe, has filed for the seat currently held by Adam Schiff. So he he's 42 years old. He, he went to, not Syracuse. What's the school I'm thinking of? In I have Cal- no idea. In California. Berkeley? Stanford. Stanford. Yes, thank you. Good job, Kevin. So he went to Stanford. So he studied... Still po- going to pick the music tomorrow, but good job. He studied <laughs> politics, lost his first election, which was smaller. So now he's yeah. going to go for the, the big American one. way. Yeah. Okay. Hey, we've got Micah who's going to join us next, right? Yes. All right. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. to go to church. Here to preach to the choir from the bully pulpit, Pastor Micah Beckwith. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob. Casey's here. It's in person. I know. Hello, guys. Isn't that crazy? I love being in person. Now, you attended the March for Life rally at the... St- oh, by the way, it's Micah Beckwith, the conservative <laughs> voice of the state of Indiana. I thought the uh, the, the intro would have said that's who you were, but well, just in case. But still, I mean, people know my voice. Yeah. Uh, so you attended the, mar- the, the March for Life rally at the State House yesterday. My favorite part, I showed Casey this. I think someone from Wish TV tweeted out like a wide panoramic photo, mm-hmm. and everyone is looking at the State House except for Beckwith. With, yeah. who looks like he's bowed up, ready to go Looking at whoever was taking right at the, the camera. Right at the camera. I said, "What happened to Micah?" It's <laughs> like, "Oh dear Lord, he looks like he's about ready to kill that guy." Uh, so what? There were a big crowd, a lot of people there. Oh, uh, there was. Yeah, I would say um, it was cold, uh, but people came out. Man, I tell you, it was awesome. We probably had close to, gosh, I would say eight hundred. Wow. Maybe a, yeah. I should have gone. I, you should have. Why was I not informed that there you, would be that many people I there? I told you. I texted you last night and said, "Come to the rally." You know the rule. During football season, though, Micah, the causes, it's very hard to get me to do causes. I thought that was golf season. Well, that's true, too. Uh, So, okay, here is the question that I would have, is there was a sweeping pro-life legislation passed by the Indiana General Assembly in 2022. Was this just a general awareness that abortion is bad? Like, what was the goal of the rally? Well, this is, most people think that with the overturning of of Roe by the Dobbs decision last summer that we're done with the battle. Actually, the battle's just begun because all that the Roe decision did, the Dobbs decision, was it sent it back to the states. There are some states that have made abortion more legal than it was under federal law, and there are some states that have outlawed it or or trying to outlaw it. Here in Indiana, last summer we passed Senate Bill 1, which was a pretty strong 
um, uh, enforcement mechanism to keep abortion at bay. It didn't totally outlaw it, but it was, a for the most part, an abortion ban. Um, it, but it got shot down two weeks after it became law. It got shot down in the courts. So, Well, not shot down. It got stopped in the courts. And now the Supreme Court is listening to oral arguments, and they're going to be handing out a, a decision here, the Indiana Supreme Court, in the next few months. We need to be praying that they do the right thing and uphold Senate Bill 1. Okay, two things make me nervous about that. Number one, Todd Rokita is in charge of defending the case, and well, he was—he was yesterday. He was there. He spoke at the uh, at the rally. Oh, I don't doubt if there was a camera there, he was there. But I'm saying about in terms of legally defending the case, doesn't it make you a little nervous? I mean, you—it's okay. You can say it's fine. Oh well, no. I think he's—I think he's a strong fighter for for abortion uh, or, or anti-abortion pro-life uh, legislation. I think he'll do fine. He is a pit bull. That's what I like about Todd Rikini. Does he get everything right all the time? No. Do I? No. Rob, do you? Yes. Most of the time. No, <laughs> Casey gets everything. One hundred percent of the she, time. Yes, she does. But uh, no, I, he's a pit bull. He is not going to back down to the woke cancel culture. Nothing can scare him away from doing what he believes is right, and he believes standing for life is right. And these judges. At least a couple of them weren't they appointed by Holcomb? That also makes me slightly yeah, nervous. Yeah, I mean that's true, but I think Holcomb, even though there's a lot of things I disagree with about how Holcomb does things, he he is he's strong on life. I mean he he comes out and he'll say, listen, we we are pro life. We need to outlaw abortion. He said that, so I give him credit on that on that uh, part of things. But but I I, I have a. A hunch that the Supreme Court is going to uphold this. I just legislatively, they are they would be totally usurping their authority if they came down and and struck down what the legislative branch has done. So you said Rokita was there. Who else was there? Todd yeah, Micah. Who else was there? <laughs> Todd Young was Todd Young. Todd there? Young was there. He did speak. Yes, and uh, maybe could have bowed up on me at the life rally like he did at the Stacks Pancake House. <laughs> Listen, I I uh, I would have loved to see you come down there. I would have introduced you to. I would have said Todd. Oh, they know each they other. Oh, listen, we would have had a uh, a pool full of jelly, and we would have said like, "All right, guys, wrestle WrestleMania. Here we go. Let's let's roll." So, uh, uh, okay, Micah Beckwith is our guest. Uh, so, you uh, at Life Church on, and they advertise on our show. Full disclosure, everybody knows that. But you mentioned at the Life Church service on Sunday, you're teaching a class of some sort, and I think this is super interesting. Tell. Yes, yeah, so we are doing a class called Biblical Citizenship, and it's uh, it was created by uh, Rick Green um, at Patriot Academy, uh, Charlie Kirk at Turning Point USA. They they highly push this class as well, and our church is a we're, we are, we partner with Turning Point Faith that helps to get uh, churches engaged in the political battles of our day. Biblical citizenship teaches followers of Christ, Christians, how to steward our nation correctly. Because most churches, and this is drives me nuts. Pastors say, well, I don't want to get political. I don't want to get political. And that is such a false uh, premise of of their understanding of Scripture. They don't understand God's calling for us to steward what he's given us. Our nation is a republic. We, the people, are the sovereign. It is our job to steward our nation. And the church has, has abdicated that responsibility for the last 60, 70 years. And then we wonder why things are just going down the tubes when it comes to morality. Why is crime up in Indianapolis? Well, because the church hasn't done its part. Why are children being taught totally woke, non-science-based, like, like 
stupid things in schools? Well, because the church hasn't done its part in standing for truth. And so the biblical citizenship teaches every uh, Christian, every father, just, just, and even just non-Christians, you can sign up if you want, if, you, if you're not even Christian, if you just want to learn how to properly steward our nation as a constitutional uh loving, God-fearing person, then then come sign up and that's what it is. Okay, sign up where, when, yes. time, is it free? You got to pay? It's, What's the deal? Give, give us the deets. It's totally free. Uh, we're covering the cost. Uh, Turning Point helps to sponsor it. We, we help sponsor it at the church. We don't want anyone not to go through it, so we don't give them any excuses when it comes to cost. It's totally free. Uh, it's going to be the first Monday of uh, uh, of February is when it starts. It's an eight-week class. Every Monday we're going to meet. So this uh, February 6th, uh, starting at 6.30 at Life Church. Uh, if you want to sign up, go to lifechurchin.com. And we'll have a link on our website there. But you can also uh, email Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A, at lifechurchin.com and just say, I'm interested in this. I want to sign up. And then even if you don't sign up, if you show up Monday night, we'll get you in the class. You, you can, uh, yeah, Monday, February February 6th, come to Life Church and, and we'll get you in. Now, there are a bevy, uh, Michael Beckwith is our guest, there are a bevy of classes you guys are teaching. One of them is about uh, proper stewardship of your finances. That's right. Right? Yeah. And I think there's about a 150 people down the road from us at 200 West Washington <laughs> who really should be at the Life Church Finance class because these guys, and I don't hear any objection to Holcomb talking about adding $5.5 billion to the budget, which by my public school math would put it at about $43 billion. Like, where... where Anyone? Bueller? Yeah. Anybody like stand up and go, that's a lot of money. Maybe we should just give that back to the people. Well, what, I, what, what's going on? I agree These with you. These are that. your friends. I agree. <laughs> Who, I, they, they, what, they, please. They tell don't, me. I don't claim all of them as friends. I mean, a lot of them are, but not all of them. Uh, the uh, No, the, you're right. It's Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University is what we're what we're doing at the church. And that's a, that's a well-known class mm-hmm. across the nation. I do think Dave Ramsey should come up with a class that every legislator yes. is, should, should go through called, this, you know. 44 bill. Or $43 billion for a state this size is disgusting. And none of these Republicans are like, I mean, nobody. Nobody's yeah. like, what, what are we doing? Yeah, financial peace for your government officials. That's what <laughs> that's what it should be. And, and to your point, I don't like the fact that we're putting more money into public education because public education is not going to get fixed by just throwing money at the problem. It is not a money problem. Trust me, our teachers don't see the bulk of that money because they'll say, well, the teachers need more money. Yeah, even if we dole out $5 billion to them, they're not going to see the bulk of that money. It's going to go to administrative costs. It's going to go to things like building new football fields. The problem is not the money. The problem is what we've allowed to infiltrate our classroom, getting this woke ideology like CRT out of our classroom. Fix it first, and then we can talk about the money that they need. It's a broken product right now. It is. It is. And don't these legislators realize that with the surplus we have right now, they could all yell, we're debt free. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. That's right. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like, I'm going out the guy now because I gave him a week and he said he wanted to meet and then he never followed through on it because he didn't really want to meet. He just didn't want to get embarrassed. Uh, that Chris Judy guy who tried to be Johnny Tough Guy with me at 1.30 in the morning over the state sandwich, <laughs> uh, state rep. Hi, Chris. You had your chance. Um, and then, but it's like, nobody's defending, nobody's, you'll stand up for the, you'll get tough with the radio guy about the state sandwich, mm-hmm. but- Nobody's getting tough for the property taxpayers. Nobody's getting t- tough on the ridiculous gas tax. It's like, what, what, 
why help you know these people <laughs> what what the 1 in the morning casey and micah well he's getting tough with me about the state sandwich but when it comes to standing up for the folks there's, there's nothing and i told you why that happened rob because they had just gotten done with the session yeah they were all palling around congregating down in the lobby talking somebody said oh, rob kendall of the wibc and then he got some gumption and decided to blow you up later that night and then he totally backpedaled out of it when i told him i was going to make him famous and mm-hmm. then he said he wanted to get together and i said you know oh, i responded to him about what i thought about those people and i heard nothing so what what why is it so hard like it's a freebie you love golf tap it in the hole happy little tap tap <laughs> go, tap go to your home all the republicans got to do is too- do something with property taxes <laughs> are you too good for your home why <laughs> I just I yeah no i i think the property tax issue is a political grand slam. I don't see why they wouldn't be just hammering the talking points on this. We're fixing the problem. Here's our plan. We're going to come to your rescue, Hoosiers. This is unbelievable what's going on. It's the Biden economy tanking everything, but we got your back. I mean, that is a political grand slam if they just do it that way. I don't know, to to answer your question, why they're not doing it. I would say that, you know, we've talked to some some legislators, the good friend of our show here, uh, Jim Lucas, uh, <laughs> you know, he said that he's <laughs> he said that he's he's working on it. Oh, he's working on it. Well, and they could be. They could be. Listen, the session's not over. Okay, I'm give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh-huh. But what I'm saying is, is why don't you get out there and and message this one all over the place? Because people would be like, oh yes, great, relief is coming. Thank you guys. We we are glad that you're in there. We're we're glad we voted for you. We'll support you again. You're doing you're doing us a you know a, a solid by getting down there and and relieving the. The, the crisis of our property taxes, but they're not doing it. And that's the question I have is like, guys, you're either missing an opportunity politically or you're not really doing it. But we can ask for one point, whatever trillion for a new high tech park. Right? A billion. Yeah. So we don't want to, we don't want to be billion. deemed unrealistic, but it might as well be billion. a trillion. Yeah. I mean, but that's the thing. Another example, the mayor of Lebanon being Johnny tough guy with me and going on social media forums and being mean to me. It's like, what? <laughs> I am not. I don't even live in Lebanon. I'm innocent. I'm just a little <laughs> innocent radio guy. Rob, here's why people don't like you. Uh, <laughs> How long <laughs> you got? <laughs> no, no. It's because you have a lot of influence. You do. No I mean, one listens to me. No, that's just, Casey doesn't up. even listen yeah, to me. You, it's people true. listen. <laughs> <laughs> listen, you got a lot of influence. Both your voices are big voices in Indiana's politics right now. And I mean, you'll you would be shocked how many people come to Life Church on a Sunday morning and they say, "Hey." We've heard you on the radio yeah. with Robin Casey, and that's why we're here. I mean, people listen. The average Hoosier listens in this area listens to you guys, and and the 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 political elite they hate it. They hate that they listen to you guys, but they know that you wield the influence. That's why they they get so mad at you. That's why they push back on you. Which is, I think, that's great. You guys are you guys are having an impact. You've, God's given you a great platform, so use it. Okay, before I let you go, and you can come back now. That was very nice of you. Uh, I've changed my mind. I, th- I, th- I thought I said you need to run for Congress. I've changed my mind. I think you need to run for Lieutenant Governor. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, hey, we'll see. Because I, look, as much as I think it would be hilarious to see you on C-SPAN making those people's lives miserable, I think the fact that I could just walk down to the state house 
every day and see you do it. Mm-hmm. And just shout out as you're doing things, that's my boy. Hey, you know. I think, that, like, I think that's probably more valuable. Uh, it would be better for the show. You're my boy, Blue. You're my boy. <laughs> All right, again, before I let you go, the, the class you're teaching. Yes. Tell everybody about it again. Yeah, Biblical Citizenship, Life Church. It starts the first Monday in February, and it's going to go every Monday for eight weeks. Uh, just go to lifechurchin.com to find out more about it or email us. Uh, you can email Melissa at lifechurchin.com, and she'll get you signed up. Or just show up on Monday, February 6th. It's free to you. We're not going to charge you a dime. We want to teach you how to steward this great nation. I just can't get the image of Rob bringing a blimpy Subway sandwich down to your office. And the... Oh, they're going to love it. Micah, here's your lunch. When, when someday, if the Lord, Lord willing, if I ever become governor of Indiana, guess who's going to be my press secretary? Oh, yeah. Robert Kendall. Mm-hmm. Robert Kendall. Ma- Micah Beckwith, thank you, my friend. Thanks, guys. I call vending machines. All right, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, Rob. Good job, Kevin, and thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.